Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. It's a charade. It's a charade. The Hunter Biden indictments are nothing more than a charade. I'll explain everything as the program unfolds here today. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is your host, Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. Look, um, you know, I'm, I'm not here to be a Debbie Downer. I'm, I'm not here to be, you know, unnecessarily negative. Uh, but, you know, I got to tell you the truth. And so the big story today is that, you know, the DOJ is prepared to indict Hunter Biden. And I, I know a lot of people got all excited. Oh, yes, justice. We're going to get justice finally for Hunter Biden, for Joe Biden. None of that's happening. In fact, the intention behind this is to do just the opposite, to ensure that no justice ensues and that this investigation just goes into the ash heap of history, never to be discussed, investigated again. And, you know, I, I, I saw this headline. I said, you know, look, the DOJ is leaking this. This isn't to help the Republicans. Um, I know what these people are up to. And I called uh, John O'Connor. He, he was a former U.S. attorney. He was Deep Throat's lawyer. And I, I talked to him for 10 minutes, and I, just, I asked him the same questions that you have for me. And I just wanted to, uh, to get a second opinion here from an actual U.S. attorney who understands these proceedings in and out, who could affirm or challenge anything that, that I thought that I was going to share with you. And, I, well, he said nothing that went against what I believed. So we were on the same page, and he just affirmed what I'm going to lay out for you. So, look, the, the DOJ leaks, right? That they're gonna, they're they're prepared to indict Hunter Biden over what tax and gun offenses, you know, and they're 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 dangling the more serious indictments out there as well, right? Like money laundering violations of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, and both of which, both of which of those, you know, the the money laundering and the violations of FARA, those would lead prosecutors to inspect not just Hunter Biden's involvement. But the president, Hunter Biden's father, Joe Biden, his involvement in the well-known, well-documented, undeniable influence-peddling scheme that was run by his son, Hunter Biden, and his brother, Jim Biden, while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. Now, look, they had to deal with this Hunter Biden situation with a laptop eventually. It was too big of a scandal. It wasn't going away. And more importantly, more importantly, as more stones were overturned, it became more scandalous, more incriminating. And the point was the scandal led to Joe Biden himself, his corruption. This, this is not about Hunter Biden, all right? It is about Joe Biden. Now, let's just, we've got to set the stage here. 
we've got, we've got to get through some history. We've got to refresh our memories and minds about what's been going on. Now, remember, the media, the Democratic Party, the intelligence community, they all suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story. They discredited it. The FBI, you know, the brown shirts, the Gestapo of the Democratic Party and the swamp, they even went to Facebook to Zuckerberg himself and told them to censor it during the 2020 election to get Biden into the White House. Election interference from the FBI, from the left. Now, they all knew this laptop was real. They knew everything that we know today. Everyone knew. But, you know, they called it Russian disinformation. They got 50 or so unintelligent community folks to sign a letter saying that that this story, this bombshell story of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, that it had all the earmarks, hallmarks, whatever you want to call it, of a Russian disinformation campaign. They all lied to boost Biden across the finish line. And then what happened? A year and a half later or so, after Joe Biden is in the Oval Office, every single one of these journalists, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the mainstream propagandist media, well, they all said they lied. Well, they didn't, they didn't say they lied. They wouldn't admit they lied. But they said it was legitimate. Finally, they could admit it was real, which means they did lie. And then the tech companies that suppressed the story. F, you know, uh, Facebook. You know, Rasputin, who was uh, at the time still leading uh, Twitter there. Oops, they said. We shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have censored the laptop story. Gosh, gosh, gee golly. It was just wrong. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020, but you know, we've learned, we've learned, we're sorry, but that's in the past, our bad, now we'll just suppress other things related to science, COVID, drag queen shows for children, gender mutilation procedures endorsed by the Democratic Party of our children. Yeah, well, now we'll move on to suppressing that stuff. Now, look, I got to repeat this. The issue with the Hunter Biden laptop and the contents on it and what it reveals is that the crimes are bigger than Hunter Biden. This was never about Hunter Biden. This was always about Joe Biden, about Joe Biden's corruption. The president of the United States used his position while he was vice president of the United States under Obama to enrich his family to sell out the United States of America. And a lot of people, I must say, still get this wrong. They say that Hunter Biden leveraged his father's position to enrich himself. I'm sorry, it's the reverse. It's the reverse. So people say, Hunter, he leveraged his father while vice president, right? To score these lucrative financial deals in exchange for providing access to his father, then VP Joe Biden. It's the reverse. Hunter Biden wasn't using his father. His father was using his son to enrich himself and his family. Hunter Biden, I mean, as dumb as Joe Biden is, uh, Hunter Biden uh, was not the mastermind of this, um, this scheme, this influence peddling scheme. That was Joe Biden himself. 
And I, I must say, I think that we have become numb to the seriousness of what has taken place in our own country. Yes, you know, the Clinton family, they use their uh, political influence to enrich themselves with the Clinton Foundation, Global Initiative, whatever the, you know, the nonprofit that they had. Foreign enemies, agitators, they donated money to the Clinton family, to their charity in exchange for future favors. Because it was assumed that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president of the United States after the 2016 election. And she was going to pay all these people back. But she lost. And as soon as she lost, guess what happened? All those donations stopped pouring in. They dried up. Now, the Bidens have done the same thing. But it wasn't as clever. You see, Biden didn't set up a nonprofit. He didn't send, uh, you know, he, 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 he sent his son out there to promise access to him if the Chinese, the Ukrainians, the Russians... They paid his son, who would then funnel that money to Joe Biden. So rather than use a charity as cover, he just sent his son out there. The money went through his son rather than, you know, some, some uh, you know, Biden family initiative. So, you know, with the case of Burisma, right, he says, hey, hey, Burisma. Uh, you put my crack-addicted son on your board, pay him millions of dollars for his energy expertise, of which he had none, and you can lobby me directly for whatever you need. You know, I'm vice president of the United States. I've got the ear of the president of the United States. You pay my, my son. He'll then give that money to me, and I'll take care of you. He sold the office of the vice president to the highest bidder. Burisma paid Hunter Biden $50,000 a month. And Burisma got a lot out of this, by the way. This money was not wasted. They got protection. Now, Burisma was under investigation in Ukraine for corruption, right? They were owned by a corrupt oligarch, right? We hear all this talk of the oligarchs. You know, and meanwhile, by the way, you know, it's important to point this out. As we discuss the corruption within Ukraine, we are pouring tens of millions and even billions of dollars into Ukraine right now to a corrupt country full of oligarchs, full of barismas, in the name of helping them win this unwinnable war against Russia. Now, so Burisma was under investigation, right? And the prosecutor was a guy with the last name uh, Shokin. And, and you remember in that now infamous uh, video, uh, Joe Biden's, you know, sitting on that stage at some event, waxing eloquent about what a brilliant statesman he is. And he bragged on camera in front of an audience to his colleagues there on that stage that he got shoken, the prosecutor fired. He told the president of Ukraine, he bragged, Joe Biden said this, he told Petro Poroshenko, president of Ukraine in 2016, that he, Joe Biden, would tell his boss, Obama, to withhold a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine if Poroshenko didn't fire Shokin. And this should enrage everyone because we had to deal with this fake quid pro quo crap from the left. They impeached Donald Trump over it. And here's a real quid pro quo right in front of our faces. 
Joe Biden's bragging about his quid pro quo, and they tried to unseat a duly elected President Trump over quid pro quo, which didn't even happen. So Shokin was investigating Burisma, the company his son was being paid by, as a board member. And the prosecutor had identified Hunter, his business partner, uh, Archer, Devin Archer, and their firm, Rosemont Seneca, as recipients of money from corrupt Burisma. Shokin intended to investigate Hunter Biden himself. Joe Biden got his son that board seat. He met with uh, Devin Archer in April 2014 as Archer was being put on the board. And then a month later, Hunter Biden, his son, was named to the board. But you see, this is just the tip of the iceberg. These same types of, uh, of lucrative payoffs, they were arranged in China, in Russia. Joe Biden was compromised. Now, the thing is, none of this likely would have come to light had Hunter Biden not been such an idiot, such an epic F-up. He left his laptop, or several laptops, hard drives, at a computer repair shop in Delaware. And he forfeited the property over to the computer shop when he failed to return to pick it up after uh, 90 days and he didn't pay for it. And so the repair shop owner's doing his job, trying to salvage things, moving files over, and he saw what he couldn't unsee. Criminal offenses and worse corruption of a presidential candidate. And so he turned the hard drive over to the FBI, where it went to die. The FBI took no action. In fact, the Secret Service and everyone was alarmed. They went into protection mode. But this repair shop owner got one of these hard drives, a copy to Rudy Giuliani, and it ended up at the New York Post. And they published (coughs) the bombshell scandal and story. And this is a massive scandal. I mean, this, this is one of the most serious scandals in American history. But you wouldn't know it the way the media covers it. We're supposed to believe that Donald Trump is the most scandalous figure ever in American history. Nonsense. But anyway, look, the Bidens are stupid people, but they've got the entire justice system, the U.S. government. They've got the FBI working for them to protect them. And this is how they're going to clean up the Biden mess with these indictments. Now, the moment they admitted this laptop was real, they had to come up with a strategy to protect Joe Biden. They denied it, and then when they couldn't deny it, they had to make it go away. This is how they're going to make this go away and protect Joe Biden. You see, this DOJ leak of forthcoming indictments is the latest indication to me that the Democrats know they're losing power in November. They know they're vulnerable. They know the Republicans, once they regain control of the House and the Senate, well, they'll have the ability to open up probes, investigations of their own, into the Biden family crime syndicate, and they will overturn everything. Do not be fooled, by the way, by the talking points of the left right now. They're out there. I've been listening to them. They're saying, well, this was leaked to help Republicans in the midterms. Republicans know they're in trouble, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, they're leaking this out to get momentum going into the midterms. They're just trying to put a story out that makes it look bad for Hunter and Joe Biden. No, that's nonsense. It's the DOJ and the Democrats leaking this to protect themselves after they lose the midterms. You see, as long as we vote, I think it's certain that we take back 
both the House and the Senate. The Democrats cannot escape their economy. Every time I turn on the TV, do you know what I see? I see see Democrats running ads about abortion. They've got nothing. Nothing. And I'm sorry. Americans aren't voting in November about abortion. That's not even in their minds. Not the Americans the Democrats are hoping and need to vote for them. So now the DOJ is coming out and says, uh, you know, we're, we're going to indict Hunter. And they're seeking a plea deal, right? So, you know, Hunter, you just admit guilt and uh, we will give you a light sentence, a slap on the wrist. And they want to indict uh, Hunter now. They want to hunt, indict Hunter now because they don't want some other prosecution that isn't in the pocket of Joe Biden and Merrick Garland uh, to continue this. They want to end this now. They don't want any future probes. They just want to shut this thing down, sweep it under the rug, and be done with it so they can go back to Trump, 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 Trump. Now, maybe, maybe um, they'll give uh, Hunter Biden six months in jail, and then they'll reduce his sentence, you know, to an ankle monitor where he can smoke crack within the confines of his home. Big deal. He spends most of his time inside anyway. You know, painting things while he's on crack, smoking crack. <clears throat> Pardon me. Disin- disappearing him, uh, Hunter Biden, that is, is, is the best thing they can do right now anyway. Just have him lay low until the storm passes and the media moves on to another Trump hoax. And remember, the man investigating Hunter is a U.S. attorney in Delaware. Who is his boss? It's Joe Biden. It's Merrick Garland. So even if this U.S. attorney in Delaware wanted to do the right thing, his hands are tied. He's not free to sentence as he wants because this prosecution, at the end of the day, this whole case is being directed run out of Washington, D.C., out of the swamp, out of the Oval Office, out of Merrick Garland's Justice Department. His hands are tied. So they've decided that the best way to protect Joe Biden is to get a plea deal on as many of these criminal charges as they can now. And the more they can get him to plead, to to, to do a plea deal on, to get a guilty verdict on, the better. Because that prevents a future jury, a future grand jury, a future prosecution from really going after this and digging deeper and tying this to Joe Biden himself. Because you can't do double jeopardy, right? Once this case is tried and they try all of these allegations, all of these things that we know lead to criminal behavior and corruption, once they try it, once they get the plea deal, you can't do it again. It's done. It's over. Right? O.J. Simpson, not guilty of murdering his wife. Well, guess what? That stands. Even if he did murder his wife, no jury can come back and try him on the same charges. The same thing is true here with Hunter Biden. And that's why they're rushing, rushing, rushing to actually indict. See, indictment is a victory for the swamp, a victory for the Biden crime syndicate, a victory for the Democratic Party. Because it's better they indict him while they have control over the the, uh, repercussions and the, and the proceedings than if somebody who actually was interested in justice was in charge. So they'll give Hunter Biden a slap on the wrist. 
say there's nothing more to look into. We've dealt with it. Let's move on. They'll prevent another U.S. attorney or court from overturning the rest of the stones. So this is a charade. They're just going to give the appearance of punishing Hunter, but they're just trying to bury this and prevent it from being tied to Joe Biden. That's what this is about. And they want to eliminate a campaign issue. So it's nothing to celebrate that they're putting out these very serious charges, that they're claiming they're prepared to indict him on it, because it's a benefit if they can if they can indict him on the most serious charges, well, someone else can indict him on those in the future. And this is, by the way, this is exactly what they did with Hillary Clinton. She used a private server, a violation of federal law to send and receive classified emails via email. And after Hillary Clinton was issued a subpoena for those emails, she deleted 33,000 of them. And in order to prevent a real investigation, James Comey, the FBI director, at the time, said she broke the law, but he couldn't prove intent. He absolved her. She's guilty, but she's innocent. She's guilty, but nothing can happen to her. She broke the law, but we're exonerating her. And by doing so, he prevented any future investigations into her corruption. Nobody's moved on that since. She destroyed all the evidence anyway. And the FBI intervened and got her off the hook. That too was a charade. And the Democrats said the same thing back then that they're saying now about the indictments, forthcoming indictments of Hunter Biden. Right? They're helping Republicans. Comey was not helping Trump. He was helping Clinton. That was an issue on the campaign trail. Her emails, her criminality, it was not going away. So the FBI got involved and ended it. Ended it and prevented Donald Trump, by the way, from pursuing future investigations when he was elected president. So they got a friendly FBI to exonerate her rather than let someone who was not friendly to Hillary Clinton actually get to the the bottom of this and ensure that there were real repercussions for this. You know, Democrats act like the FBI intervened in, inter, intervened in the 2016 election to help Trump, but that's a lie. He intervened to, pro, intervened to protect Clinton. And that's exactly what the Democrats and the Justice Department are doing now, intervening to protect the Bidens. And I want to be clear here. You know, we, 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 we need to, to I, you know, shake off our naivete. Uh, The United States of America is just as corrupt as Venezuela, as all these countries, right, that we lambast and criticize and laugh at, scoff at, condemn for corruption. We are no better. We just tell ourselves that we are. All right. So, you know, look, uh, Hunter Biden's going to get off the hook. Hillary Clinton's gotten off the hook. Barack Obama's gotten off the hook. Democrats always get off the hook, and we'll get into some more of that in a minute. But meanwhile, the FBI is very, very busy, very, very busy uh, carrying out the official business of the Democratic Party. The FBI just charged 11 pro-life activists for blocking an abortion clinic. 
Now, there is a stupid federal law called the FACE Act, which prohibits obstructing the entrance to an abortion facility. Now, never mind you that it's also illegal, you know, to obstruct uh, highways, uh, to obstruct streets, to obstruct traffic. But, you know, BLM, Antifa routinely do these things. And uh, the FBI certainly does not investigate them and come after them and prosecute them for that obstruction, right? But here you have 11 pro-life activists, and we can't have that, um, that were obstructing the entrance to an abortion facility. Now, these pro-life protesters, right? What were they doing? They were chanting and singing prayer outside an abortion clinic. I believe this clinic was uh, in the Nashville area. It must have been in a black neighborhood, uh, you know, because that's where all the abortion clinics are. But anyway, the police showed up and asked these pro-life protesters to leave the property. They refused, and they were summarily rounded up and escorted to jail. They did not harm anyone. So they've already gone to jail, been released on bail, and now, now, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, well, he's arrested them. He's charged them, I should say. And do you know what he's charging them? Here's what he said on Wednesday. He says these protesters aided and abetted by one another, used force and physical obstruction to injure intimidate and interfere with employees of the clinic and a patient who is seeking reproductive health services. This is an abuse of power. And look how they're painting these people as some kind of dangerous, violent domestic terrorist. They were blocking the entrance while they sang prayer, holding hands. It was a kumbaya moment. And the police came in and arrested them for it. But here you have the DOJ trying to portray these people as something they are not. They used force and physical obstruction to injure. Who was injured here? Intimidate. Oh my God. This is intimidation, what the FBI and the DOJ are doing. Intimidating anybody who dares take a position that runs counter to the official fascist position of the Democratic Party. Has the FBI tracked down have they um have they charged I don't know tracked down and charged all the thousands of people who burned down cities part of BLM or Antifa? Of course not. Of course they're not interested in finding those people. They're worried about the 11 pro-life protesters who held who held hands and God forbid prevented an individual from entering the abortion clinic on demand at that very moment. And uh, how about the people responsible for the firebombing of pro-life centers and churches around America? Is the FBI tracking these people down as well? No, no, they're not not tracking them down or charging them. They're just focused on the pro-life activists. And this is intentional, by the way, because this is optics. It's another charade. You know, they're trying to create and manufacture a narrative by which people with any kind of opposing beliefs are viewed as dangerous, violent threats. They're trying to nurture a political climate in America in which the average American citizen views these people as subhuman, 
in which violent acts are permissible towards them because they are dangerous, violent domestic terrorists. But they're the dangerous, violent domestic terrorists, and they know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, the FBI and the Justice Department, they are the muscle of the regime. You must understand that in every fascist regime throughout America, not, excuse me, through American history, we're witnessing it now, but every fascist totalitarian regime in world history is useless without their brute force, without some muscle, right? And they're the brown shirts, right? So, so the Nazis had the SS, the stormtroopers, their, their, their Gestapo, right, to go out and intimidate. And they had the full force of the law behind them to do so. And the Democrats have the FBI. They have transformed or at least ensured that the FBI is nothing more than a brute, than an instrument of brute force to carry out the will of the fascists, the Democrats. Now, I want to revisit the Hunter Biden story now, the whole Hunter Biden fiasco, because it's been recently released. I saw this on Breitbart News. There was also a letter on Hunter Biden's laptop, which shows the Biden family pursuing a deal with Qatar while Donald Trump was president of the United States. Treason. So Biden's brother, James, right? He wrote to, uh, to the, you know, crown prince, whoever these people are. And he, he wrote, my family could provide a wealth of introductions and business opportunities at the highest levels. So that letter, which was dated August 1st, 2017, right? Donald Trump was inaugurated in January of 2017. So Donald Trump, the newly and duly elected president of the United States, while he's in in the Oval Office, while he's running the affairs of the American government as the executive, the sole member of the executive branch, well, the Biden family writes to the sheikh in Qatar and, he, and they, he criticizes the Trump administration as having fractured nature, saying that the Trump administration, uh, you know, was beleaguered by major issues that are not soon to be resolved. And uh, he offered, the Biden family, right, offered to help in effectuating the vision of the sheikh, right? So this is a shadow government, a shadow government. So you've got a president of the United States, Donald Trump, and then you've got the Biden family writing letters to our enemies and saying, hey, you know what? Work with us, not Donald Trump. We can help you with your vision. Just, you know, pay us some dough. So in this letter, uh, let's continue. He says, I would be honored to assist in effectuating the vision of His Excellency, but would be remiss in not pointing out the fractured nature of our current administration. So he's taken a dump on the Trump administration, on the U.S. government, and offering himself as a substitute. This is tantamount, as I said, to the establishment of a shadow government. This is treason. This is what Benedict Arnold did. He undermined the American revolutionaries and George Washington, and he tried to cut deals with the British in exchange for money and power. This is what the Biden family did. Now, James Biden wrote, through his family's deep and wide relationships 
which he boasts have lasted through many years and many administrations. Biden proposes partnership for a different vision than the Trump government's of American interest in U.S.-Qatari relations. So you have a president of the United States who is directing, who is, um, you know, responsible for, for, you know, setting the initiatives, our relationships between the U.S. and foreign leaders like Qatar in this place. It's U.S.-Qatari relations led by elected officials like Donald Trump. And you have James Biden on behalf of his his brother, Joe Biden, saying that, hey, you know what? You might want to pursue your interests with us. With us, you know, because, yeah, Donald Trump may be in the Oval Office, but, you know, really, we could run a different show down here, even though we're not elected. He wrote this while Trump was president. And the media cares nothing of this, by the way. But it's worth remembering, you know, flashback to 2016, right? After Trump won the election, the Democrats and the media, they all made this big deal over the Trump team communicating with world leaders in preparation for the transition. They did nothing wrong, but they tried to act like Donald Trump was acting irresponsibly. He was breaking tradition. They said this caused anxiety. Anxiety. Well, what does this cause when Joe Biden and his brother, James Biden, are operating a shadow government or attempting to, to subvert to undermine the efforts of the actual elected president of the United States. Do you think that causes anxiety? Oh. Now, you remember George uh, Papadopoulos, right? He was 33 at the time, I think. He was serving in some capacity for the uh, Trump campaign. And the FBI targeted him, right? Right? This is all the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, right? They're trying to tie Trump to Russia to say he stole the election. He colluded with the Kremlin, you know? Well, the, the FBI, they set up a meeting with Papadopoulos to try to get Papadopoulos to admit that there was some link between Russia and the Trump campaign. <clears throat> and this, this one of the more infamous meetings took place at a London bar. So imagine this, right? So Papadopoulos is in London. The FBI know this. And they send an investigator, right? who was posing as a research assistant to meet with Papadopoulos. She was working for the FBI. And this was some counterintelligence operation to find out if Trump had ties to Russia, which they knew he didn't because it was invented by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. So, on behalf of the FBI... Individuals reach out to Papadopoulos and say they want to meet to discuss a natural gas project in the Mediterranean. And they offer Papadopoulos 3000 bucks for his time. You know, come to the bar, talk to us, we'll give you $3,000. And, you know, you give us some kind of policy paper about this as well. So, the person chosen to lead this FBI operation, this setup and snarement, was Ms. Turk. So she invites Papadopoulos to drinks, for drinks in London. And they, they ended up meeting again a day or two later. And, and the point is, the FBI got nothing out of this. Nothing, about, no, nothing out of this. I mean, Ms. Turk, we have the transcript of the conversation, right? This is all recorded because it's the FBI. And she asked him directly, you know, oh, do you guys think that, you know, Trump may have had something to do with the a hacking of the DNC emails? Hey, tell me, is Trump actually communicating with Russia? Is he friends with Putin? 
They're asking him these questions directly. And he says, no, I think, you know, Hillary Clinton actually has more to do with Russia than anyone else. They got nothing. And so then, you know, many, many months later, the FBI brings Papadopoulos in and asks him about his interaction with her own informant. And Papadopoulos lied about the timing. He said it happened before he was working for Trump. I mean, imagine, you know, you haven't done anything wrong, but you've got the FBI bringing you in. And the only thing you can think of is that, that you know, that's, that's going to screw you is like, you've got these corrupt FBI officials and th- this is going to get worse for you. <clears throat> you know, if you say that, yeah, I mean, this happened while I was working for Trump, you know, so he's trying to protect himself. He was trying to end this thing. And so he lied and said that, you know, it happened before he was working for Trump. So they stuck him in a jail for 14 days over a process crime. But what had he done wrong? The FBI set him up. They set him up. They arranged a meeting. They tried to incriminate him. And then they brought him in and got him on a process crime. And none of this would have happened if the FBI hadn't been trying to ensnare him in the first. It was a setup. It was a setup. Now, recall how Clinton's lawyer, Michael Sussman, right? He lied to the FBI when he showed up. You know, he he approached the FBI and said he had evidence that Trump was uh, colluding with Russia to steal the 2016 election. And he said he wasn't working for the Clinton campaign. He was just there as a concerned citizen on his own coming forward. And he lied to the FBI. Said he was not working was not coming on behalf of the Clinton administra- Clinton campaign. And that's exactly why he was there. The Clinton campaign gave him the info, sent him over there to launch this Trump-Russia collusion hoax. But Sussman was exonerated. But meanwhile, a few days ago, the FBI arrested a pastor. His name was William Dunphy, 57 years old. He was present on January 6th, right? The fake insurrection that never was. Dunphy was there. He pushed through a metal barricade with a bunch of other protesters. And he walked towards the eastern steps of the Capitol. Now, Dunphy never entered the building. But, you know, they need, they need to track down and falsely label people, you know, violent insurrectionists as often as they can to continue this lie that January 6th was such a dangerous moment in American history. To paint... Trump supporters, or anybody who's not a leftist fascist as a domestic terrorist, a danger to society. So think about this. You know what? It's October now of 2022. It's been well over a year and a half since this man pushed through a barricade. And now the FBI is coming after him. And they're going to prosecute him for felony charges, for interfering with a law enforcement officer during a civil disorder and obstruction. How many people uh, during the 2017 inauguration of Donald Trump, right? You had thousands of uh, a mob of Hillary Clinton protesters, election deniers, that were in Washington, D.C., setting cars on fire, vandalizing buildings, attacking and injuring police officers, Is the FBI going after those people from 2016, 2017? Are they prosecuting them for felony charges? Are they looking for them? I don't think so. This only goes one way. Only goes one way. 
So anyway, I just want to give you a comprehensive update, you know, because I, I look, we are far from where we need to be as a nation. Very far. Just more charades. Nothing's going to happen. I just don't want you to get your hopes up. You know, I mean, look, I, look, I want to see justice as much as any of you. Believe me. But that's not going to happen until we get to work seeking out and eliminating from positions, from, you know, uh, you know, remove power from these corrupt individuals. And the FBI is part of the problem. The Justice Department is part of the problem. I mean, it's, it's very, very deep. But nothing's going to happen to Hunter Biden. They're doing this to eliminate a campaign issue. They're doing this to protect Hunter Biden. So don't fall for this trap that this is such a wonderful thing. Look, justice is happening. Look, we do prosecute our own. No one's above the law. No, I mean, yeah, Democrats are still above the law. And this is not justice. This is injustice. All right, this is Drew Allen. God bless you all, and until next time. It's like a fridge, it's like